On this week's episode, we recap a huge Disney Plus day. The Xbox Series and PS5, one year later. And Netflix goes tick, tick, boom. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford for Pop Culture Cosmos. Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, Humanican Media, and of course, all the great things that we do, including the fact that we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. I don't want to call it Meta yet. They're still calling it Facebook. I'll still call it Facebook. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, and do anything that you can to support us right there. And also popculturecosmos.com, where I just recently added on my thoughts on where the Eternals lines up in the overall MCU. It is sincerely appreciated but it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend he is our own disney plus day right here at pop culture cosmos you got to catch what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com all the great things that he's doing at humanican media including his awesome shows topicocalypse and the super bs gamescast plus his amazing book which you got to get right now at amazon and barnes noble entitled of course congratulations you suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? What is up? I don't know, man. Just frustrated at the internet today. I don't know what's going on with it. Uh, as you guys can tell, our fancy background is gone. And yeah, so that's cool. Anyways, how you doing? We're going to try to do what we can to get through this. Get through and navigate through the internet waters today. But it is going to still be a great episode We're going to go ahead and recap in detail as much as we can the awesome announcements that were made at Disney Plus Day. I know Josh has some pointed things to say about Disney Plus, and so do I. So we'll go ahead and talk about that coming up in the show. Plus, also as well, we're going to be talking about the PlayStation 5 versus the Xbox Series S and X one year later. And the fact that Xbox hits 20. I know that as you hear this on Monday... And even during the week, you'll be hearing about all the announcements coming up at the live stream for the Xbox 20 years later type deal. And of course, because it is their 20th anniversary, but we'll be talking a little bit about that. Plus the one year anniversary of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. Who's had the better first year? We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Plus also, tick, tick, boom. A musical in the year that we've had a lot of musicals, but not a whole lot have been good. So we'll talk about if Tick, Tick, Boom has the advanced word on something that's going to go down from Netflix. It's the first movie musical directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So we'll go ahead and talk about that coming up on the show. Plus also as well, GTA, the trilogy, the definitive edition. It came out this past week and it's had a ton of troubles. So we'll talk about how this old game 
getting a new polish is having a lot of problems out there on modern consoles and the PC coming up on the show. And last but certainly not least, we recount even more retail memories with something that's near and dear to Josh's heart and my own, and that's Toys R Us. That's coming up on the back end of the show as well. But first up, my friend, it is Disney Plus Day. It's just so weird how they have the Disney Plus Day. And then right before they have the investors announcements and they announced the bad with the invest with Disney Plus. In fact, they only had what 20% of the expected gains in subscribership. They were expecting 10 million investors were, and they only got 2 million. And they were listing out all the stuff that they're going to be doing and that what's going to be coming up. They only mentioned part of it during the Disney Plus Day actual announcements the next day on Disney Plus Day. It was kind of weird how they set that up where they mentioned all the stuff in investors meeting, but they did mention over 30 projects and actually had either showcased it or announced it during the Disney Plus Day. I mean, it was a ton of announcements there and it's great. And it shows that Disney Plus two years in is developing. Your thoughts on Disney Plus Day first off. I mean, we can go into detail with Marvel or non-Marvel stuff. I kind of bracketed out, but I wanted to get your first thoughts. I know because you had some things to say about Disney Plus Day that you wanted to go ahead and get off your chest. Okay, one, it was very overwhelming. There was just too much, way, way too much. And, like, I'm sitting here looking at all this, looking at all the Marvel announcements especially. Like, it, well, there were over 30 projects that were mentioned right. on Disney Plus Day. But that doesn't even include all the stuff that they could have mentioned that they did mention previously in the investors meeting, which is the kind of the fun. That was over 60 projects that are in the works. Right. You know, as I'm sitting there watching the these announcements pop in, because I'm just browsing the internet, checking out IGN and uh, Polygon, like these all these these uh, news sites, you know, and like I'm looking at all the announcements pop up and I'm just sitting there thinking like, if I now want to keep up with the MCU, I have to watch 30 different shows now. Like, it's just, it's it's too much. I felt so overwhelmed. And honestly, I have never been so close to a Marvel burn as I am right now, just because of the sheer number of things I have to sit down on you. And granted, I know a lot of that's not coming until af- after Spider-Man. It's all slated for like 2022, I think is like the... Yeah, it's it's planned over the course of the next yeah you know i I was i was talking to my wife about this like we have gotten so used to i mean we enjoy just watching the movies because it's 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 not a big commitment to keep up with everything through movies but now everything ties into the show like even now it's it's you have loki you have marvel's what if you have to watch all these these little stories in order to understand the things that are about to happen in the mcu and i just i don't have that kind of time hand what's going to happen to Marvel box office numbers because I know that there's a lot of fans out there that are like me that don't have the time on their hands that they used to have, you know, to sit down and just watch TV all the time. So I'm curious about that, but you know, and I got some thoughts on some other things, but what, what were your initial thoughts on the, uh, all the Marvel announcements? Well, in the Marvel and non-Marvel, there's Disney plus day basically tells me that, they have to go ahead and they've learned from the Netflix playbook to just throw content out there, whether it's good, whether it's bad, they just want to throw stuff out there at you. And they're just telling you this on the way. Now, whether it comes to actually 10, 12 things each and every month, that's a different story because Netflix is so good, especially about 
it's something like this month where Netflix is just so good at what it's doing when it throws out content. Like for instance, this month is a heavy month where they're throwing at least seven, 10, 12 things that different new, fresh, original things that they're throwing at you that each and every month that you can check out Disney plus uh, to its detriment. That's one of the things I'd probably say is it's the thing in the first few years I've been disappointed by is the fact that there's only been just a, small amount of things each and every month that they sprinkle out now hopefully with all the announcements again if you listen to the investors conference and if you listen to disney plus day you're talking about 60 projects that are on the way within the next maybe two years i'll probably say within by the end of 2023 let's go ahead and and call it that if that's the case that's great which means that there's going to be five six seven things a month if they can do that that's great. That keeps it fresh. That keeps Disney Plus interesting. That keeps Disney Plus. Wait, hold on. Sorry, did you just say five to six things a month? I would say just shows something new, original. That like if they can get to the point where I would like though? to see five and six, six different things. Like they just dropped, you know, with Disney Plus Day, they just dropped what 10, 12 different items of new content to the platform. Right. And they're adding in a couple extra things like uh, the Beatles get back and, and some other things that they're going to be dropping in for the rest of this month. That's a huge month for them. But on a typical month, I would like to see them dropping enough content out there that, that will keep people interested. So I'm saying five, six, seven different original projects, not counting all the extra stuff that they have that they could give you on the side. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, it's just, it would be nice if they weren't all MCU related projects. That, well, I, no, they won't be. I mean, I mean I, again, like I said, when I announced it, that there were about 60 projects in total, that was including the non Marvel. Okay. All right. I mean, and, and that's fine. Like, I guess my big beef with these like meetings that have come out, like even in the Star Wars universe now, it sounds like I'm going to have to watch all these different mediums to keep up with the mainline films. And I guess like, that's my biggest issue with all this is that, you know, as, as an adult and and like this, there's two sides of this coin. Like one, there's something special about having a movie come out, like, especially in the MCU, like it was cool to have a movie come two or three movies come out a month. It was almost like a big event. You know, you go to the theater with your friend, family or whatever, you sit here and you watch these films, but now they're releasing these shows and these shows are on Disney plus and like one, you know, going to the movies on a Friday night is like a big deal, but a lot of people come home and there's not a lot of time, you know, especially like if you have kids, there's not a lot of time to sit there and watch all of these shows. And I get that people want their money out of Disney Plus. I get that this is a great thing for Disney Plus, but having all this stuff intertwined into the MCU is is hard because people aren't going to get to watch all of them. It's the same thing with Star Wars. Like the Mandalorian was one thing, but now they have like Bad Batch, and there's like the, I don't know. One, it like ruins the magic of it all, and two, there's just too much to keep up with. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't feel like I need to be tied down by the Star Wars series. If I don't want to catch one, I probably won't. Like the Bad Batch, I never caught up with, and there's been a couple other things that I don't. I don't feel like I'm have to be watching every single thing that the the Star Wars ip brings out because i think that's a little bit more diverse and broad and you don't have to go ahead and follow continuously everything that's there with marvel like you said you feel like you're missing out on something if you don't catch every single little thing that they're putting out because they all relate to one another in some certain way so 
yeah, I can understand that. But it's also the fact to me with Disney Plus, and before we get into the Marvel and non-Marvel stuff that was announced specifically, the fact that there was not a lot of original, brand new, never before seen or mentioned IPs. There was a lack of original content as far as something that they haven't got back from an old license or an old IP. I mean, just there was very little of that. And that was kind of disappointing is that they don't want to create something fresh, something new. All of it is just borrowed from this IP or from that IP, which is kind of disappointing. And I think that's in the end that that might be a problem that will hold Disney Plus back from reaching the level of Netflix is the fact that Netflix is throwing out stuff that uh, a lot of it's based off of stuff that they have there that's out there or popular IPs or popular culture. But there is original things that have come out like the Squid Game. Like Tiger King was a huge success last year, and Tiger King 2 is coming out. A lot of people are interested in that. Again, the Squid Game, that's popularity is so huge. Arcane just came last week, and then the movies that just came out, like Red Notice, that's not based off of any previous property. It's, it's something that, again, it just it seems like they're coming up with more original programming at Netflix, which I think in the long run is going to serve them a lot better because – then they can go ahead, if they get short on original property, they can base a lot of their future stuff off the stuff that they're doing now. So with Disney, it's like, okay, it's all this old familiar stuff that you, you can appreciate. But at some point in time, you got to have some more original content as well. Yeah, there was a, a distinct lack of original content there. And like I saw they had the whatever the, the proud family or whatever and that um well that's based off a of disney channel series no no i know and that's what i'm saying like this, sure it sounds cool but like there's not like a lot of you don't see like remember how disney disney used to have those original movies every month like i was hoping to get a return to those you know like brink and johnny tsunami and things like that but that just didn't seem to be the case here so disney's not they're not risk takers though you know look at netflix is like they will take anything and everything they can get their hands on, you know, and yeah. like it, some of it hits really well and some of it misses completely. Disney won't do that. I can't even remember the last time Disney put out a brand new IP. You know, everything's a continuation or a reboot or it's it's all just it's nothing about it is adventurous. Like Disney does not take any chances at all. And I think that. Yeah, they're on top of the world right now, or they might be, but I think that that's going to ultimately be the nail in the coffin for them is the fact that people now have so many, I mean, not for them, for Disney, but for like Disney Plus, is that people have so many other places to go for new content and, and new stories that take them to new places, and Disney does not like to explore new places. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, the as Jay Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. 
But my friend, there was much to mention while it was there. Again, not a whole lot of it was original, but there was quite a bit. And I'm going to mention what was mentioned at Disney Plus Day. Hopefully, I will get a, a quite a bit of it. On the non-Marvel side, the big ticket was Star Wars Obi-Wan with Ian McGregor giving you a little bit of a look. No trailer, but a little bit of an idea what to expect with that series. Plus, you got to see projects on the way, whether it's a movie or a series from all these familiar IPs out there. And I'm going to go ahead and just mention out there. Zootopia, Cheaper by the Dozen, Willow, Princess and the Frog, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Spiderwick Chronicles, Cars, Enchanted, Ice Age, Pinocchio, Chippendale, Big Hero 6 with Baymax, The Proud Family, Better Nate Than Ever. Those are very familiar IPs from the past. And, you know, that's, again, something that they're very familiar with. And they're going to bring out new and revitalized versions of all these IPs in some form or fashion, whether it's a new series, whether it's a new movie whether it's an anthology, something in the relation to that. So we'll be seeing projects from all these different familiar IPs, which again is cool and it's great for Disney plus viewers because you're going to be getting some type of new content. It's not original, but Hey, there you go. If you really are a fan of these IPs, like with the mighty ducks, that's been a great series for them. Series two, uh, season two was now up in the air with what's going on with Emilio Estevez, but the Mighty Ducks has been a good hit for them. And you're going to be seeing more of these old IPs being brought back in some form or fashion or another. I hope Tron is one of these because, you know, they got to go ahead and bring back something in, in the relationship of the universe and Tron. If they're there, going to bring out everything else from Disney's IP. Yeah, right? there was a movie with Jared Leto supposed to be coming out here soon. Supposed I know to. That it, went into, it went into production, but I, I haven't heard anything else since. And yeah, Tron's like a very... Especially with all the meta stuff going on, you know, with like Facebook diving into meta. Yeah. I mean, I think that Tron is definitely like maybe it wasn't relevant in the 80s, but definitely today a IP like Tron is crazy relevant. Yeah. Tron is something that I definitely think would work in this platform, in this, you know, in this universe. The animated series was actually uh, something underrated too. And I believe you can catch that on Disney Plus. So people check that out. That would be, uh, really cool there but yes a lot of stuff that's coming on the way that's non-marvel related but with a lot of familiar ips of course they dropped again a lot of stuff that is new to the channel so if you want to check it out you'll get to see shang chi and the legend of the ten rings the jungle cruise home sweet home alone olaf presents frozen fever paper man the ballad of nessie there's some really good stuff that are now available there which again they dropped on you know on the I, second I was, anniversary home sweet home alone well, you know, Home Sweet Home Alone. I mean, if you want to catch it out, we talked about it, Melinda and I, on on PCZ Multiverse. Did you? It's there. Did you see it? So, no, I have not seen it. I yet. watched it on Friday night. And did you live through it? It was bad. It was. I mean, not. What just are you like, expecting? I mean, the, it looks bad. Here's the thing that kills me about this. Can I? Can I talk about this for a minute? And just, the, you want to see Eight Bit Christmas, which to me does not look a whole lot better. No, no, maybe not. But the thing that makes those few movies so great is the fact that the villains deserve what they get. They only develop the villains so much, and then and then they get what's coming to them, right? Like that's the typical Home Alone formula. And also you have the one like side character that has some like emotional interaction with McAllister, whether it's the old man or it's the lady with the pigeons in Home Alone 2. In this one, 
and you know, it's, hopefully, I'm not spoiling anything, but I'm just, just going to give a little bit of like what spurs this story on. The kid, he's really funny. Like he's from Jojo Rabbit really funny kid but the kid has to like pee on the way home and so they stop off at this like open house where this couple's trying to, to sell their house because they can't afford the payments anymore and the kid discovers that this guy is or here's this guy he discovers this kid this guy has a doll that's worth like two hundred thousand dollars and then he steals it from him because the guy was being kind of a jerk to him then the guy goes and he realizes that oh this doll could like save my house like i could save my house and i can keep having these family christmases so it's basically this couple trying to doll back from this kid and he's just like torturing them realistically and so you almost like feel bad watching all the bad things that happen to this couple who are just trying to get their doll back so that they can save their house that you know, was stolen it, by the kid in the first place that was stolen by the kid in the first place so that's what really kills me about this movie is that I don't feel good laughing at what's happening to this couple. Wow. Disney values there. So <laughs> I will just say, you know, it's, it's out there home sweet home alone, but there's a, you know, some interesting things that they dropped off, but the stuff that's on the way from the, on the non-Marvel side, again, there's, they didn't even mention star Wars and or, which was mentioned in the investors meeting. And like you said, what was talked about previously with the Tron series, that's still up in the air, what's going on with that. And then, you know, some other Star Wars stuff, Ahsoka, which wasn't even mentioned in the Disney Plus date, but was mentioned in the investors meeting. I mean, they mentioned a whole bunch of things over the course of those two days when it concerns the investors meeting and Disney Plus day. They, they've sprinkled the good and the bad, I think, with they did that very carefully but when it comes to the Marvel side of things, I think we'll go ahead. And I know, like you said, there's just so much coming out over the next 18, 24 yeah. months. That's so much to catch up on. And it's going to be really hard for anybody with, you know, that's working hard out there trying to go ahead and catch up with anything that's going on in the Marvel universe. And you have to feel like you have to see almost all of it. But in regards to that, my friend, I want to ask you this. When it comes to Marvel, let me just give everybody a recap of exactly what was shown off or mentioned or announced or talked about during the course of Disney Plus Day. We saw another great sneak peek at Hawkeye. I love that continuous shot that they had with the car chase and with both Hawkeyes there. That was great. I, I enjoyed that. It makes me even more excited for Hawkeye. But they also showed some stuff from Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. They mentioned Secret Invasion. They mentioned a revival of the X-Men, the animated series from the 90s, which was something that's been talked about for a little while. So they finally officially announced it. They talked about Echo, Marvel Zombies, Agatha House of Harkness, Spider-Man Freshman Year, which is an animated series. Cannot do a live action Spider-Man because of Sony. I Am Groot, the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and Ironheart, just to mention most of what they talked about with Marvel. I mean, it's a lot there, man. It's a lot to take in. Some of the footage was shown for some of these. Moon Knight was the one specifically I know a lot of people are talking about. But your thoughts on Marvel and Disney Plus Day, it is a lot to take in. It is. Like I said earlier, it's it's a lot to try to keep up with. You know, I'm, I'm curious now. Like, I didn't get to see. I saw some photos of Hulk. They actually, like, show her face. They just showed, like, the green painted skin. Yeah, Hawkeye looks really cool. Well, you they know, showed a about... trailer. For oh, for She-Hulk? I didn't ask. Okay, so I didn't get a chance to watch that. Was that something that you could view on the internet? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. All right. We'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Two things. All right. One, kind of excited, actually, for Ironheart. What do you think about budget, though? Do you think that this is going to have the budget 
of like a Marvel film though enough to like make it look as cool as Iron Man did or you think we're going to get like a B budget special effect for something like that well we've seen already with the television series already that have been made with the Marvel name on it so far for Disney Plus that have been very good I mean I've had no qualms or no no problems with it Loki WandaVision and the Falcon and Winter Soldier they have had series which seemingly fit right in on mcu they don't seem to be selling themselves short or cutting themselves short on a budget or anything i'm sure they have budgetary restraints with which they have to do but it doesn't seem to me like it's lessening the product when you watch them in the case of loki i think it only enhanced the mcu product that's out there i i think when the case of wandavision obviously that got a lot of acclaim at the emmys you know as far as nominations are concerned so it was something like you're talking about with Ironheart, Miss Marvel, and everything that's coming up. I don't think they're cutting too many corners to, for most people to notice. And I think a lot of people still appreciate that and appreciate the fact that this is going to be a part of the MCU. I, I don't see a problem with it. No, it's not the $200 million blockbusters. But these are shows like Hawkeye. Hawkeye seems to me like it's something that will still fit right in with what they're doing in the MCU. I agree with that. The thing with like... Iron Man's really like effects heavy though. Like it's it's a lot of effects. Whereas like Captain America show, you know, that was just an action film. Everything blends in very well. So hopeful that it ends up being cool. What I did not see that I was hoping to see was a little return of our Netflix heroes. You know, Daredevil and Luke, I guess Cage, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. And this maybe would be the a Punisher, perf- but I, I don't Punisher. think a Punisher will probably be one. Then. Yeah, maybe not. But this would be the perfect time, though, because in Marvel, they're rebooting the Iron Fist with an Asian character. So this would be the perfect time to bring Iron Fist back. I don't know. There's a lot of properties out there that just I'm not like thrilled about you know i'll probably check them out but they're just not like the ones that i was hoping to see that doesn't mean they won't delve into it at some point in time no no and i know i know that i just i'm just curious how they decide what gets made into a show and what gets made a movie at this point interesting absolutely and you'll we'll have to wait and see maybe it's based on the actor maybe it's based on the the property who knows i mean you know only kevin feige seems to know that answer and He's the one that's directing it all. And I know my wife made a mention to me in regards to Kevin Feige. You know, what's his role with the Marvel Universe? In fact, he is the man behind the Marvel Universe. So he seemingly is the one that's going to be pushing all the buttons and, and as far as okaying what to go ahead with and what to start work on and what to maybe lay off of for the time being. So it's interesting to see how this is going to play going forward. But you mentioned you had some stuff you wanted to talk about with Spider-Man before we head on out. Yes. So Spider-Man, you see those set photo leaks that may yeah. or may not be real. Grand, this is all rumor and speculation. We're on rumor. Some of it right looked now. a little bit touched up, I'll say that. The one with the three Spider-Mans looked pretty touched up, but the one with Charlie Cox in the living room, now that was something that looked pretty real to me. And so I'm just hopeful, man. Like, I, honestly, I would love to see charlie cox in that movie more than i would like to see that the other spider-men join our hero well we'll see what happens there but it is disney plus a ton of things were announced this past week uh, you know projects left and right 
again, between the Investors Conference and Disney Plus Day itself, over 60 projects were mentioned in some various forms. Chris Hemsworth, Will Smith, they're both doing specials for National Geographic, plus National Geographic has its own things as well that they contribute to Disney Plus. So I'm just asking Disney to go ahead and make sure that each and every month they go ahead and distribute five to seven, maybe even if I'm lucky, 10 new and original projects and content to Disney Plus each and every month to make sure it stays fresh. Because when you don't, or if you put out there are really not that resonating with an audience, you're just going to lose your audience. And you're going to get the kind of disappointing returns that you saw that they had to announce during their investors conference. So to me, it's just something that they have to be wary of. Netflix is number one right now for a reason. It's because they could throw a ton of stuff out there and they're spending a lot of money like they're throwing a lot of stuff out there. So Disney definitely has to take note of everything that Netflix is doing so that they can go ahead and match it content for content. But more original content would be great. That's the one thing I think I need to see from them more is more original IPs created from scratch specifically for Disney Plus, not just the rehash of all the IPs that they've got in the locker. That's great that they have. That's great that they have all these IPs in storage, which they can go ahead and reboot and revitalize and do all these other things. But I need to see more original content from Disney Plus. And if we get that, hopefully some announcements by year three coming up this time next year, I will be a little bit more positive on Disney Plus going forward. What are your thoughts out there on Disney Plus and everything that's going on there with Disney Plus Day, all the announcements that were made? Were there any in particular in mind with you that really resonated, something that you're definitely looking forward to? Was there something that you thought was missing from Disney Plus Day? Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, play sets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. My friend, there's so much more to talk about on today's program, and that would include Xbox. Xbox, it's the 20th anniversary. It's actually celebrating two anniversaries. First is, of course, 20 years of Xbox because it came out around this time. 20 years ago with the original Xbox, the OG Xbox and the big, huge Duke controller, which I love so much, brr, 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 you know, just trying to play that and all that. Then you have, of course, the original Halo Combat Evolved that came out with it. One of still one of the best games of the 21st century that came out. And a lot of people are still enjoying that even to this day. And then 20 years later, you have the one year anniversary of the Xbox series and also the PlayStation 5, which both came around this time last year. So I want to hear your thoughts first off on Xbox at 20, the Xbox series evolved into the Xbox 360, then the Xbox One, and now the Xbox Series S and X. Your thoughts on Xbox at 20 years. 
I don't know. I think they've left a pretty good legacy, at least so far. I mean, if you talk to game historians, people who are all about preservation, you know, they don't have great things to say about the modern era of Xbox because everything is done, every, you know, everything's done via a cloud, right? So there's no, like, base content. A lot of the games nowadays have to be connected to the internet to play, and that kind of makes preserving a game like that really hard. But going back to the earlier eras of Xbox, like, yeah, I mean, definitely, like you said, the Duke controller, everyone remembers, like, LAN parties. I think, like, console LAN parties originate on the Xbox. Yes, GoldenEye, right? People went over to people's houses to GoldenEye. But people weren't truly, like, connecting their consoles and having, like, Cat5 cables running all over their houses until Halo came out. And that was something that I remember doing as a kid. I remember going over to friends' houses, and there's just cat cables running all over the place. There'd be people upstairs, downstairs, in one room, in the other room. Just really, really great memories. You know, and, like, Xbox, they don't have, like, the narrative content of Sony, which is something that they really should start working on. But, you know, if you look at it, Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, like, just the fact that they're now the big competitors with Sony, who have been around for years... Like, this goes to show that they have left a mark on the gaming world. You know, they do. They have had properties come out that people remember, you know, things that are synonymous with, like, a certain age, like being a teenager in the early 2000s, right? You have your Halos and your Crimson Sky and your Fables. And looking back on Sony, like, I think of less games on PlayStation outside of Final Fantasy that have really resonated with people like me over time. Although... The Xbox One, the announcements that were made previously, you know, the fact it was going to be tied to just an online connectivity and, you know, the, that start and launch of the Xbox One was kind of underwhelming and it was kind of problematic. But outside of that, I think the Xbox series has grown with each and every generation and it's done very well from an evolutionary standpoint. Sales-wise, it's still behind the PlayStation in every generation, but it's catching up. And definitely with the Xbox Series now and the Xbox Games Pass, which has, to me, it's very advantageous over what's being offered with PlayStation 5 at this point in time. And now heading into this first year of the Xbox Series versus the PlayStation 5, I think people need to go ahead and start to evaluate if they have, like you, the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series, that they need to start evaluating exactly how good the system is, what they're looking forward to, what they need more out of from each of these platforms. I know for you that you're lucky enough to have both, but you know there, there are people out there like me who want one, who are ready to buy one, can't get one because of all the problems or don't want to even deal with the stress of it right now. I think that's the first problem with both of these systems heading one year in. And obviously the chip supply shortage and all these other issues and outside factories, the coronavirus. Yeah. And obviously, there's been a whole bunch of things that they didn't plan for. And, right. you know, again, and... I'm, I'm somewhat understanding of that. But, you know, if the supply issues aside, my friend, one year later, we have the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series S and X. Your thoughts on this one year later as we come into a second year of this generation? Yeah, I mean, and just to touch on the supply thing, like, I don't know about you, but I think that these retailers need to do something about, like, just blocking bot technology, because I think that that would free up a lot of consoles into the hands of gamers, but... Here's um, a thought, just send it to the stores and don't sell it online. Right, right. I don't know, they don't do that. Like, I realize that Corona, man, but, like, just 
you're still selling like oculuses in stores and people want those too and the nintendo switch oleds people want those too so i don't understand what the issue here is because as long as they're not going to physical retailers the bots are going to keep doing it and like i got a friend who has a bot and he says as long as every time these stores come out with things that are supposed to block the bots the bots get smarter and i don't know until they figure out a way to deal with that it's just this is going to be the wave of the future especially with gaming consoles that being said though to answer your other question microsoft took a little bit of time to you know catch up here but i think it's been a pretty solid year for both consoles i have you know oddly been playing more on my ps5 than my xbox this year but i have things that i have enjoyed on both consoles it might just be because what i've enjoyed on playstation 5 takes a lot longer to finish than what i've enjoyed on xbox but they've both had things that have been pretty solid entries and going forward i know that we have a lot of game delays because of coronavirus but the future looks bright you got halo fable another forza the goose coming out like there's a lot of properties come out for xbox and on the playstation side you have your final fantasy 16 you have horizon zero dawn you have god of war like there's a lot of things to look forward to from both consoles so i mean i can't really label a clear winner right now because there's no like big deciding factors between them so i think that the race is well and alive but i think both manufacturers have had a pretty solid year it's been all right um, again i think playstation 5 as far as new original first party titles has gotten the slight edge over what xbox has produced because there was a gap there for xbox owners such as yourself that didn't have anything new and original first party coming to the Xbox for quite a few months until Flight Simulator came over to the Xbox. So Flight Psychonauts 2, I think, also came out for it as well. That's been a pretty good hit for Xbox reviving that IP. And then, of course, now with Forza Horizon 5, everybody's talking about that because it's been the biggest launch ever on Xbox Games Pass. So many millions of people are already playing it, so that's a good sign for Xbox heading into Halo Infinite, which is now a year overdue. But you know, again, that's another rant that I've had in the past that I'll probably have here in a few weeks when it finally comes out. But my friend, it is PlayStation 5 versus the Xbox Series one year later. It's very interesting to see. I still think they're weeding everything out. It's just To me, it's just getting started because there's so much that still has to be caught up on. In fact, the, the supply, the number of games... There's, there's so many variables that still have yet to be fully realized or materialized yet for both these systems. So, again, I think like, you're, like you, there's real, you can't give either one a real definitive grade going forward in its first year. All you can do is go ahead and just project what's going to happen over the next two, three years. That's the only thing you, re, you really can do. You can't, you can't say it's been a failure or it's been a, been a success right out of the box because both have had their ups and downs the first year, and a lot of it, has been out of their hands. Right. It's like you said, they've been kind of at the mercy of circumstance. And I, I think that next year will be a pretty strong year for me because everything that was supposed to come out this year for both consoles is now going to come out next year. So, you know, if you have those people who are trying to decide between Xbox and PlayStation, assuming that they're able to get one, they're really going to have their decisions cut out for them now because it seems like there are pretty strong entries on both sides of the aisle coming to stores in 2022. Well, we'll see what happens there, but the Xbox has reached the age of 20, plus Xbox Series and the PlayStation 5 have both hit their first year, so these are interesting anniversaries to say the least. 
and Xbox is dropping a live stream on the day that you hear this. And what's going to happen then is we're going to recap any major announcements or anything that major went on during the Xbox 20 live stream on our Friday show, the PCC Multiverse. So check out what Melinda and I are going to talk about that in regards to Xbox 20. But it is Xbox 20 and the PS5 and Xbox Series S and X at one year. Your thoughts on either of these topics, whether it's your fond memories of the Xbox over the past 20 years or your thoughts on the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series, how they're doing so far in year one now that year one is ended and it's now going on in second year. So we want to hear your thoughts on both these great subjects and great topics to talk about in the video game world. Please share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. Okay, wait, wait, I, I can go invisible, right? Because this is, this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is, um, uh, that's uh, obver, obvination? Ob- ob- <laughs> Close obvers- enough. Obvulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast, season two to Pop Culture Cosmos. My friend, before we head on out couple last items of note and your memories of Toys R Us coming up on the back end. But before we hit that, my friend, GTA Trilogy, the definitive edition, <laughs> it came out. And I'll ask you this. It's another game with a very problematic start with online issues. The PC users, I think it was even take off for PC users. They weren't even able to buy it. And I think the Rockstar launcher was giving the GTA Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, extreme amount of problems with both the console and the PC end. They've had a number of graphical issues, which is very interesting for games that are well over 10 years old. It just blows my mind that they're having a lot of issues with that as well. And I know that there's a lot of memes out there that the, in some fashions, the games actually work worse than the original entities that came out, again, over a decade ago. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Rockstar is trying to fix it as best they can, but they've not endeared themselves to the gaming base out there. Again, these are games that are going on 15 plus years old in some cases. It's amazing that even though that all three got a nice little upgrade and graphical shine or whatnot, that all three of these games, when they're released in this definitive edition, are having issues on all platforms, PC, and even Nintendo Switch included. 
So I hadn't actually like heard anything about that. I just seen like the graphic comparisons. I haven't read anything about it, but I wonder if it has anything to do with like the 4K because you know, like when you plug an old console into a new TV, like it it will no longer up convert those signals. Like that's why people pay all this money for these little converter boxes, and even like you know, 80% of those don't work. So I wonder if it had anything to do with like wonder if they had issues up converting the such old graphics, you know, shown through. But I'm curious if that had anything to do with it. You know, maybe they just didn't put the development time into a project like this. I think, you know, maybe they were feeling pressure from people wanting Grand Theft Auto 6. And they're like, oh, we got to put something out in the meantime. On the positive side, you know, it, it didn't roll out like Cyberpunk did. At least that we've heard of yet. So that being said, man, I don't really have any interest in picking this game up. I don't know many people who do. But uh, is this something that you were considering up until now? I was considering because, again, it's about 200 hours of playtime when you go through the various cities that incorporate all three of these games. But with the problems that are currently out right now, I'm very hesitant to go ahead and delve any money into it. And this is a game that was very recently announced. I think it was announced in October, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, it has been hinted at for quite some time and rumored about for quite some time but they didn't actually officially announce it if i remember back maybe late september early october i think is when they announced it which is a quite a bit of a quick turnaround from the actual official announcement to the actual release of such a game that that's going to be costing people what close to 50 60 dollars so it's something that i think that rockstar should have handled better of course but the problems aside, I mean, the PC version, they actually took down off the Steam store because of the fact that they were having so many problems with it. So that tells you right there that they didn't plan these things out carefully. But for these games, which graphically still don't measure up because the, what they're based on is, again, in cases over 15 years old, you can only do so much of these games. To have these kind of issues, to me, is, is a little bit baffling to say the least. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious, like, how much testing went into to this? Like, did you test it on, um, you know, did you, did you test it on, like, a consumer console, or were you just using dev kits? I don't know. It just, it does seem weird, especially a company with uh, the reputation like Rocksteady, you know, and they've put out... Rockstar. Rockstar, sorry. And they put out the selling game of all time, and it just seems like a very amateur mistake to make. So, yeah, I'm just curious what happened behind the scenes. Oh, I know some heads must be rolling right now at Rockstar. So hopefully things will straighten out here in the coming weeks and days for GTA Trilogy, the Definitive Edition. But if you've had problems with this launch or are looking to buy it, or maybe now you're hesitant to buy it because of what's happening with the GTA Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit to your memories, my friend, of Toys R Us gone by, I wanted to go ahead and touch on real quick a musical, which is something that we focused on here this year as far as all the musicals that have come out. A lot of them have either had problems and controversy, like In the Heights, or just bad reviews, like virtually every other one's outside of maybe something like Annette, which has actually done well with the critics, which unfortunately has not been seen by everybody out there and if you get a chance check out amazon prime annette is really something uh, i think that you should go out of your way to see it's quirky but it's actually a, a quite uh 
good musical that's out there, but they're in the sea of all the musicals that have had problems and issues for one reason or another. This week coming to Netflix is a movie that's been directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda, who had his own share of issues within the Heights earlier this year, but with Tick, Tick, Boom, which is a musical based off the, it was actually a autobiographical look at composer Jonathan Larson, written by Jonathan Larson. It's, it's interesting. And if you got to check out the trailers, it stars Andrew Garfield in a very good turn. What I can see already is his voice, the way he's saying what he's, of course, his acting. You've got Vanessa Hudgens. And it looks like it's really going to be something that's special. It's getting really solid reviews for so far. So it could be the musical that turns everything around for movie musicals. I saw some pictures of this. I haven't actually seen the trailer for it, but from earlier reviews that have come out, like people seem to be pretty impressed with it. And Andrew Garfield. It's based off the playwright, the promising young playwright, Jonathan Larson. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. So it's supposed to be loosely based on his life. And I hear that Andrew Garfield captured that pretty well. I didn't think that Andrew Garfield could sing, but I mean, it looks like I am not correct about that. So yeah, this definitely sounds like something. I like Andrew Garfield, so I'll probably check out at some point. He's had an interesting year because he's had this. Of course, he may have Spider-Man coming up in the not-too-distant future. And that could be something that could be very interesting to see that that if he's going to go ahead and be in that movie. I'm, I'm very curious to see if he's going to be you know doing something well with that. He did have the movie earlier this year that he appeared on that was based off the bakers from the scandals that happened back in the day so if you're interested in that i know he's getting some acclaim for that as well so it's been an interesting year for andrew garfield but it is tick tick boom it is coming this week to netflix so hopefully you will give it a shot if you're interested in a musical because i know again a lot of the musicals that have been released this year and there have been more than normal i think catching up because of all the movies that got delayed but a lot of these movie musicals have been somewhat disappointing, to say the least. So it's nice to see that there's a movie that's coming out without controversy, at least so far, that's coming out with positive reviews. And a lot of people are very interested to see what Lin-Manuel Miranda can do in directing this movie. So we'll see what happens with Tick, Tick, Boom when it comes to Netflix this week. But if you have thoughts on Tick, Tick, Boom coming to Netflix, we would love to hear them. Please. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. And let us know if this is something that all musical fans out there should get into, because this is the second to last one to my knowledge, because the West Side Story is coming out next month from Steven Spielberg. So share us your thoughts on if this musical has turned you around on musicals so far this year. Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, you know, we've been talking Black Friday in the past couple of weeks, and one of the Black Friday ads that's out, I guess it's more like a toy book type of deal, is Macy's. And Macy's has made a deal with the IP Toys R Us. And one of the things that it's done is it's created its own book, its own ad that's out there that's currently in rotation on popular toys that you can get from Macy's, which incorporates the Toys R Us brand name which is interesting because not too long ago in their not too recent past, Toys R Us was a mainstay of every holiday shopping, Black Friday, Christmas shopping deal because 
Toys R Us was the major toy retailer in the world at one point in time and had hundreds of stores across the country here in the U.S. and was well known around the world. But Toys R Us now is currently, although it's being talked about by a previous owner, it's, it's being talked about about being revived again in some form or fashion. About Toys R Us right now currently is more of an in-name only, as we see with the Macy's Association. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Toys R Us now isn't what it used to be, but you have some fond memories of Toys R Us. For me, Toys R Us was all about the aisles and the selection and the things that you could get and the things you could try right in the middle of the aisle. And then, of course, the video game library was like all there with the tickets right there. And you could see it displayed at the wall of all the games that they had. But your thoughts and memories of Toys R Us before we head on out. Toys R Us was beautiful. And it's not <laughs> just because it's a toy store, but because it's a department toy store. Like you could walk in and just aisles and aisles of things like where Target and Walmart had like one aisle for certain things. Toys R Us had like two aisles dedicated to action figures and Nerf guns and Lego sets and like literally anything that you could possibly want to get your hands on. It's funny because we just got done. I watched Jingle All the Way earlier this morning with the girls and, you know, they have some shots in Toys R Us's and like you can see the camera panning by like the old X-Men toys and the old Spider-Man was like, man, what I would give to go back to that moment, just be able to find toys, you know, like, you, you know, you have your aisle for Marvel stuff and Legos and DC stuff, Batman, Star Wars, everything. You can go into a Toys R Us, find whatever you want to. When I was a kid growing up, my grandma... Every year for Christmas would buy me a new Megazord back when I was like playing with Power Ranger stuff. And, you know, she'd go to Toys R Us, wait outside at six in the morning, grab the newest Megazord, give it to me for Christmas. My mom later on, early 2000s, would take me to Toys R Us at like six in the morning. And to all her friends like brag about what Star Wars toys they managed to track down for their kids. So my mom would give me this list of like Star Wars toys and go, I want you to race to the Star Wars section and I want you to find these toys. So I would like. You know, I'd race, I'd be racing like older men trying to like run back to the Star Wars section for these toys. And those memories were always pretty fond for me. Something I did really love as a kid also was going, you know, especially when I had a Sega Genesis, going to Toys R Us. And even before they had all the game blast cases that you can actually like see, they had the little tabs. You remember though, the tickets and they showed you what was in stock and you can go, I want this game. So they pull the ticket and you take it up to customer service and they give you the game. A lot more complicated way to get video games, but there's just something like nostalgic about it. More recently, like I remember at Toys R Us, this was what, six years ago before they closed down. Like I would go there on Christmas to, to hunt down games. They have the buy two, get one free sale at Toys R Us every year. So I go in and I do that. And I remember just walking down the the action aisles. Like, they had aisles was dedicated to collect. Like, you can go in. I bought, like, a Legacy Megazord there. And they had, like, eight toys from Alien and Predator and Halo and, like, all these video game toys. Like, they had aisles dedicated. They didn't just have aisles for, like, the kids. You know, they had aisles for the adults, too. And just, like that was amazing and it just like baffles me that a company like this went out of business with such a good market was put out of business 
the world needs Toys R Us or a Toys R Us equivalent because there really is just nowhere like that anymore. There's no stores that you can go to to buy just toys. You know, everything's got like a collector's edge to it. You know, it's to have the action figures that are going to cost you hundreds of dollars or 50, 60, $70 to get. They don't just have toys that you can buy at MSRP anymore. Like that's what kills me about this new era we're living in. I miss Toys R Us so much. I miss it as well. Again, the fact that you go somewhere specifically and just have toys. You don't see it as part of the equation. It is all of the equation. It's something I sorely miss. And that's been a part of our series over the past weeks or so that we've talked about our fond memories of whether it's FAO Schwartz or KB Toys or something along that line, even Sears. Just the way that we shop then is different than the way we shop now. And unfortunately, a lot of those retailers couldn't go ahead and make the transformation, which is why a lot of these stores that we once knew and love are now gone. And we only can talk to our kids about how great these memories are of these places that we once frequented for so many years. So I'm hoping that Toys R Us will be revived in some sort of fashion. Do I ever expect it to go ahead and be the behemoth that it once was? No. I don't, I don't think anybody can expect three, four, 500 stores across the U.S. like they once had. And, you know, they, they can't expect Toys R Us to become the brand name once again in toys. But there is a possibility that Toys R Us could find a niche even in today's marketplace. I know Amazon, they sell a ton of toys. I know Walmart, Target, they sell a ton of toys. But there is still a place, I think, in the world today for Toys R Us. I'm hoping that they will go ahead and be able to successfully revive the brand. And I'm not just talking about just two stores or two or three stores like they did the previous time that they tried to reboot it. I'm hoping for a true reboot in some form or fashion of the Toys R Us IP once again. Yeah, I agree. Like a physical, a physical location and not online, not an attachment to another store, like physical location you know like there's a need for it there is a calling for it yeah you can order toys on the internet but that's that's no fun you know like most of the time in store you can get a lot of things that you can't find online and there's just something much like we talked about blockbusters just something about picking something up and feeling it in your hand that it makes the experience so much more like real and magical than just like clicking order an Amazon shopping cart. What are your thoughts out there on Toys R Us? Do you have any fond memories of Toys R Us? Because I know you do. I know you have fond memories of Toys R Us, and we would love to hear them, and we'll even share them on the show if you like. Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, we did make it through. Internet issues and internet slurring aside, internet repeats and things of that nature i know this will be fun for me to go ahead and post and edit but any last thoughts on the way out no i think we're good i just miss toys r us man i just want to have a moment of silence later on today because they are missed i'm a toys r us kid there's a billion toys toys r us that i can play with yes I miss Jeffrey the Giraffe as well and Toys R Us and all that good stuff. But hopefully Toys R Us will find its way into our hearts once again. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's a beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. 
We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great